This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript Jabber link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. Ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to our classes in St. Louis or San Francisco, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Telerik, the makers of Kendo UI. Kendo UI integrates seamlessly with both AngularJS 1.x and 2.0. It provides everything you need to integrate with AngularJS out of the box, bindings, component configuration directives, template directives, form validation event handlers, and much more. And yet, Kendo UI tooling does not depend on AngularJS, so if you want to use it with Angular or not, that's totally up to you. You can check it out at kendoui.com. Welcome to Adventures in Angular, live at NGConf. Uh, this week on our panel, I'm just going to go along here, and you can all uh, do whatever you do when you introduce yourself live on stage. Uh, we have Jules Kremer. Hey, everyone. Katya Eames. Hello. Joe Eames. Hey there. They might be related. I'm Charles Maxwood. Uh, this is John Papa. Hello. And Aaron Frost. Hello. Let me just start off by saying it's really cool to not be little squares on a computer with y'all today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun uh, to kind of do the in-person thing. Earlier in the year, I was at Build Conference, and we did a couple of live episodes. And it's, it's nice to be able to actually see people and see the, the way that they move and the way that they interact, so to speak. Until they turn the lights up, and then you can't see anyone again. <laughs> I actually have to wear clothes here. I like like usually make my pajamas to do the show. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. No comment. In Chuck. person, could be a bad thing. <laughs> yes, I know, right? I won't tell you what I wear. Anyway, Footies. <laughs> so um, we did this last year, and usually what we do as Adventures in Angular is we just talk about the conference. Uh, there were some things that were talked about during the keynote. There were things that were talked about during some of the talks that were really interesting. Uh, there are some things that are relatively new that if you were paying attention to what the Angular team puts out there and some what some community members put out there, they're probably not big surprises. But if you're not following along, then there were a lot of exciting things announced. So to start off, I'm really curious, what did all of you see or hear that was exciting or interesting that you think people ought to know about here at NGConf? Start with Jules. Oh, me? Well, I kind of knew what was going to happen before we got here, so there wasn't a lot of surprises. I think the animation stuff is really cool. Um, Matias has done such a great job with that. That's my favorite thing so far. How about you, Joe? Me? Well, you're holding a mic. I am, I am holding a mic. <laughs> Let's see. I really liked Scott's talk. I like how he made some good things to relate to learning Angular 2. Scott's talks are always awesome, though. Yeah, they are always awesome. 
I really liked Alyssa Nichols' talk. She was our backup speaker and spoken uh, a side place. We weren't able to get it recorded, unfortunately. But I really liked her talk. Uh, she actually had two talks that were on our backup list. She didn't even know. Uh, that made it easy for her to be our backup speaker. Uh, I really liked hers. And then I think that Faraday was pretty fun, seeing a lot of people going around doing a lot of things. How about you, Katya? I was working in other rooms for most of she, it. She worked hard. She did awesome this year. We've never like made her part of the crew, at least not to the level she was this year, and it was pretty awesome. She's, she killed it for us. Awesome. I am curious, though, since you're around the conference and around the attendees and you see people walking down the hall, what's kind of your read on the conference? I mean, what, what are people feeling or thinking or, you know, what do you pick up when you see people walking through the conference? So far from everything that I've seen, everyone, well, most everyone that I've talked to has loved it. I've heard very few complaints about it. Um, the conference, even though it's such a huge leap, we've more than doubled it from what it was last year. So it's, I know from being around him and being around Sunny and everyone that it was really, really hard to like get it all together. But I've heard very, very few complaints about how the conference is going, and it's really cool to hear people and see people just having a good time and enjoying the conference. Cool. That's kind of what I've been seeing too, so it's, it's good to hear it. Because I haven't been looking for it, I guess. But what about you, John? I think the the energy level. It's not surprising, but it's uh, it's still awesome to see everybody walking around and having great conversations, congratulating everybody else, attendees, speakers, staff. Everybody's super friendly. Uh, this is one of my favorite conferences because you have real conversations with people, uh, and it's just the right size. But it's not too big where you can't. You get lost, and it's not too small where you're seeing the same person every five seconds. So uh, it's a really good size, really good energy in the conference level. Well, what did you see, Frosty? So I've never done karaoke before in my life. Before, Seriously? Ever. And uh, so on the party night, on Wednesday night, there was karaoke. It was like, it was like me and my twin brother, my older brother, my sister, and like ten other people. It was so much fun. I was like, we're doing it again tomorrow night. And so last night until like 12.30 at night, we had so much like Katya was singing, I sang. Uh, so Mishko sang. Mishko did his first karaoke. Papa Mishko, they introduced him. Papa Mishko. Papa Mishko. But no, um, the community. It, I don't know why it surprises me every time, but it's the best. Like Every time I come here, it's like I have 1,400 friends. And I've... Some of them I've met once or twice, but it's like the hug is just as, as if I, I saw them at work every day or something. So it's a lot of fun. The community is, is absolutely untouchable as far as awesome communities go. So one, one thing that I wanted to just mention that it kind of hit home during one of the keynotes, and it was uh, when Jules was bringing different people onto stage, and they were talking about what they were doing with Angular with NativeScript or with... Uh, some of the other uh, ways that you can use Angular, that Angular has become a platform as opposed to just a framework. And seeing that it can be used in all these different areas, I mean, there was a freaking Simon game, right, that you could play, and so people are using it in IoT, and that, that it's just something that's really cool to me that I thought was an interesting thing that it seems like the Angular team is really focused on. It's funny because a lot of people are like, oh no, we're not a framework. We're smaller than, or 
different than what a framework is. We're kind of going smaller. And Angular's like, no, we're bigger. We're a platform. We're, we jumped the framework straight into the platform. And so we, uh, maybe Backbone will jump in and be a platform or someone will fill the, the framework gap because it seems like no one wants to be a framework. It seems like there's like a divide. Some people are going to under framework and Angular's saying we, we want to fill something bigger, which is a platform. And so that's something that I've noticed and that I thought was cool too. So what I've been really noticing, too, is the big announcement this week, obviously, and I think, Jules, I'll direct feedback live here, I think you guys undersold how important the RC was this week. In the I agree. Keynotes. The RC is huge to have a, a release candidate out there that people can rely on and go, and it's great that it's out. Uh, that was the biggest thing for me. And then somebody asked me just recently about how do you compare Angular 2 to Angular 1 in a nutshell. And I thought, well, let's see. It's faster, it's smaller, and it's easier. And you didn't lose any features. So what's what's the downside? I'm still waiting for the downside, Jules. When's it coming? <laughs> Hopefully never. But with regard to the RC, I think maybe I can give you guys some of the of the background story. We we actually talked a lot about whether we should do an RC and whether how it would be perceived if we did it for NGCOF. Were we really ready for RC? Should we just release a final? You know, there's believe it or not, we actually super care about how we deliver this and how people will perceive it and whether it was ready and we didn't want to do it just for NGConf. And I remember we had this meeting where there was a very long discussion about the perception of RC here at NGConf because not all of the bits are done. And, you know, I asked the question because I get to play devil's advocate in my role an awful lot. And I said, well, you know, is all the main pieces good and stable? And they were like, yeah, but, you know, we test these on hundreds of internal apps and we know how they perform and we know the issues with lots of use cases that many businesses have. And I think it was Igor made the comment, but we really need to know how other people will use it. And I was like, well, then that's the right time to release RC and we need to get up there and say, you know, this is, we think it's stable and we've hopefully identified all the pieces that we don't think are stable, but we can't make it final until we know it works for you. We know it works for Google, does it work for you guys? And so I think that was a lot of the thinking behind, should we do this, is it ready? And I think, like, what does RC mean to most people? And I think it means something slightly different to everybody. But to me, and I, I used to work at Microsoft, and we had these similar kinds of conversations about products. RC generally feels to me like it's the time when the company is saying, go forth and use this in a production app. We will back you. We'll go forward. And maybe there's edge cases that won't work. And we'll tweak it. But the core piece in Angular, like Angular Core, that should be solid. Maybe there's an outlier, like internationalization or something that isn't ready, but... Uh, so to me, it, it was a great endorsement of, we're ready for you to go use this. And I think it's what people are waiting for. And I think they got that. Yeah, I totally agree with that, uh, what you said, John, because I love Angular 1 a lot, but I know it's legacy code. Even when I'm writing 1.5, which is the greatest Angular 1, I know it's legacy code still. And I, I have a huge interest financially, like for work and, and personally, to stop writing legacy code. So the sooner this thing gets into an RC and I can know if I wrote this today and when I ship it by Christmas or whatever, it's going to be, you know, general release likely. So for me, it was huge to know I can start using something knowing that I'm not writing legacy code anymore. I can start saving money for the business and start getting us into where we need to be going forward. So that's why I agree. I think it was huge. Yeah, and for me, you know, along the same lines, uh, having a release candidate is, hey, we think we're done, or we think we're close. 
And, you know, as Jules said, it's we all at this point, if, if we want it to work for us, this is the time to make sure that they know when it doesn't. And so they think it's done or they think it's, you know, stable. And so, yeah, it's our time now to plug it in, figure it out. Because there's, it's not as volatile as a beta or an alpha. And so, you know, hook it up and let's really see what it does. And let's say there's changes that come. I just watched Mike Brocky's talk about the CLI. One of the things they're working on is, hey, if you use the CLI to develop an app, we are promising, or at least hoping, to have a way to help give you hints on how to upgrade that moving forward. Like, if a, like the NG4 syntax recently changed before RC. And I imagine if the CLI was to do something about that, it would say, hey, here's your NG4 syntax. Would you like me to change that for you? And it could flip the switch in there and go run through your code. That's cool. And let me just follow up the rest of this conversation with, you know, I, I'm not one of the engineers actually building this product, but I've been on a lot of product teams at launch, and I've never seen a group of engineers come together over some late changes that we knew were significant and big and pulling all-nighters and really putting their soul into making sure that we gave speakers enough notice to adjust their code. I've seen a lot of tweets about how amazing it was that the code was up to date, you know, coming here. Um, And also making the decisions that were right instead of just pushing forward to get to RC for this conference. They really went out of their way to say, we could do this, it wouldn't be the right thing long term, so let's just, you know, bust our butts and get it done. And that's what they did. I'm I'm really curious, Jules, because it sounds like the Angular team did a lot of preparation for this conference. And, And I can kind of imagine why. I mean, this is a large group of people who use Angular. What's the message that they really wanted us to get I mean, I, I saw a lot of things in the keynotes. I, I got a lot of ideas of things that I could do with Angular. But, but what are kind of the key things that they were trying to get across to us as Angular developers and communicate to us that we, we could do or should do or should think about with Angular? I think that's a huge question, right? Like, there's so many different things that you can use with Angular because it's not just a simple framework anymore. So I think our goal was to try to give as much of a broad view of what's what it's going to be in its totality um, while still being true and honest to where it actually is right now today for you. I mean, I could go through all the things we put in the keynote, but you could obviously go and reread that. And we spent a lot of time, you know, reiterating that keynote to make sure it said exactly what those messages were that we wanted you guys to, to hear. But I think the other thing we, we really, you know, here's something I'm going to say because I don't think people realize it. NGConf is not run by us. <clears throat> we don't make it. We don't pay for it. And if the listeners don't realize that the first NGConf, you guys mortgaged your houses to pull this together and, and really make it or whatever. You know, I don't mean that literally, but... <laughs> but we, really, uh, we came this close to doing exactly yeah. that. Effort. Mortgage, housing mortgaging was like on the that, table. That, that was a discussion that happened. I believe I had heard that story. Yeah. So, but and my point is, is that you know we feel a commitment to you guys who have shown so much love to Angular and to the community that comes here every year to view it. And I think that's the biggest message that if Brad was here, he'd want to say is it's all about you and your feedback to us, and we're listening. Awesome. You know, you did address the uh, organizers, and I'm kind of curious. I want to ask a similar question to Joe and Aaron, who are up here. What is your goal with NGConf? 
what, what are you hoping that people come away from EngieConf with? Is it a connection to the Angular team? Is it better skills to do cool stuff with Angular? Just a fun experience. I mean, Faraday seemed like it was pretty focused on that, among other things. Um, what, what are you looking at people getting out of the conference? I think that we all have a very unified vision on ng-conf as to what we, what we as organizers want to get out of the conference. And that's obviously, it's for us very obviously twofold. And the first one came up in the Angular Air episode that we were on last week where they were asking us what they want people to take away. And that was that the community at Angular is awesome. And so for us, number one priority is of this conference is to build the Angular community. And to that, like we have the whole extended thing that goes on, right? Very few conferences, a lot of conferences stream, but very few conferences spend time because it's just, it takes a lot of time and energy and money to do this. Very few conferences can spend the time to actually try to make those that are watching remotely feel more like part of what's going on. So this is all Aaron's doing uh, year two. He had the the idea, let's do this, and took it under his wing and did a ton of work and effort, and now we've turned over... Can, can uh, you guys explain a little bit to people listening what NG Extended really is besides watching live stream? Aaron can. So, it's an idea that we borrowed from Google. When they do Google I.O. yearly, they do Google I.O. Extended, which is, they organize remote viewing parties around the globe, and they encourage the organizers to be in touch with them, to get some a little bit of behind-the-scenes information about what will be going on and and to be their you know, liaison for those remote groups, set up ticketing and, and or get venues and try and do T-shirts or food or whatever you can. So we borrowed that same idea because I ran a couple extendeds and they, IO extendeds, and they went well. They went really well. So we thought it would be amazing to, to bring on extended ng-conf because uh, year two, we, we were in a venue that let us have 700 people and we got beat up uh, to, for only doing 700 people to come, and so we needed to get some a, a different way for people to enjoy NGConf as, as a community. Didn't the tickets sell out last year? And so, for last year, it was like 10 minutes or something. Just yeah, I mean, if the servers hadn't crashed, it would have been seconds, right? Like it, it's insane. NG, anything that really, ro- anything, any cart that ropes itself to the angular horse is on. It's it's it needs to be ready for a ride because you it it, it gets crazy once you're attached to the angular team. So yeah. But that's, yeah. that was like a big piece. Uh, uh, the message we want is about building bridges for other people and making the community the best that it possibly can be. And so, go ahead, Joe. Oh, well, to that, uh, and the other aspect of that was we wanted NGConf to be the kind of conference that we wanted to attend, right? Like, there's a style and a flavor to a conference. And not everybody that's going to come to this conference is going to appreciate it as much as a different kind of conference, right? And that's okay. We're totally okay with that. We want this to be a conference that as many people as possible can enjoy, but when we decide, do we do A or do we do B, we always decide, what would we like to have if we went to a conference? And so that's, our, that's kind of our goal into organizing. I have to say mission accomplished because I showed up, at, and this is based on my experience last year and now this year, I tracked Sunny down and I said, what would it take to do a podcasting conference like this? Because, I mean, this, it's, it's a fairly unique conference in the sense that, you know, we all, it's all single track, which in a venue like this you usually don't get. Usually they put the partitions up and you have, you know, two or three tracks going at a time except for the keynotes. And then just all of the extra stuff. So we showed up, and, or I showed up, you know, I, I live here, so I parked under the hotel and 
you know, came up and there was a cantina band and there were, you know, just fun elements. It was not just angular. It was, hey, look, you know, we're going to have some flavor. We're going to have some culture. We're going to have some, some, some good feeling and just all around fun. And then Fair Day, it was, well, do you want to go to the Native Script one or the CLI one? Or do you want to go learn to play the ukulele? You know, have some chocolate-covered bacon. I mean, just just the overall feeling of, hey, look, you know, this isn't all serious and work and stuff. We love what we do, and we're going to do some stuff that we love to do. If I didn't have the chocolate-covered bacon, how was it? It was really good. He done messed up because it was good. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> that was what I thought it would be weird. It wasn't as good I love as the chocolate, deep fried I love Twinkies. Bacon. I don't know. Together, that sounds kind of weird to me, though. <laughs> deep fried Twinkies are the best, just saying. Yeah, you put them together, you get a heart attack. I thought the bacon wrap, bacon wrap, bacon was the best. but I, I must have missed that. I could be insane, but it was amazing. You know, we were talking about the extended comps, and it's actually helped me build a bridge. Uh, so, for example, I'm going to Barcelona this summer. Angular Beers, guys. Much for that. Yeah. Angular Beers, awesome name for a group, right? Yeah. Over there, I happened to ask the guy, I said, hey, you know, you guys are going to be putting together some stuff. Uh, would you like to organize a day where Dan Wallin and I are going to Barcelona? And this guy, and within a day, he'd set up a 24-hour turnaround on an event that we're going to be doing over in Barcelona now this summer. Which is awesome, by the way. Those he, guys are great. Your partners over there are great. Those guys are really, really cool. They did a great job. And they ran NGConf Extended, and I saw many of the pictures. Wonderful job. They ran it in a movie theater, and, like, the ads were on the movie theater screens and everything. I mean, they went way, way, way up. It was, it, it was our, I think the biggest NGConf Extended was theirs. Yeah, they created a Slack channel that I joined on the internet, and 300 people in that room as soon as the Slack channel opened. Holy cow. So it's great that's, to see the communities amazing. that are out there talking about yeah. this. I think another thing that's worth mentioning about how we organize is the principles under which under which we organize, right? So our probably our number one principle is that our conference is welcoming, right? Every decision that we make, we look at is this a welcoming is this is something that we're doing welcoming, right? We're okay if people don't like Star Wars, right? We're not trying to shove Star Wars. As Ward Bell knows, walks up the hallway. Ward, Ward Bell is not Ward Bell us. enters the room. He <laughs> heard Star him. Wars and comes in. He appeared in. like a demon that was summoned <laughs> by incantation. <laughs> Did you know that Ward Bell actually they gave away these awesome Lego Star Wars sets of speakers. Thank you. Uh, My son will love that. Grab a Ward chair. Bell actually gave me his. That he hates Star chair. Wars that much. Or he loves you that much. <laughs> Come up right by Jules. You coming up, Ward? All right. Are we talking Star Wars yet? <laughs> we are at the moment. Ward and I have a fun time. And John, we all have a fun time messing around with uh, Star Wars. But um, we're okay if somebody doesn't enjoy one of the activities that goes on. But if they don't feel welcome... We want to know why, and we want to work to make sure that we don't have activity, do things that don't make anybody feel welcome. So that's one of our principles. Another one of our principles is it's, a, it's about the education. We throw all the fun on that we want, but if the education isn't there, then we have a problem, right? So every time we talk about what fun we're going to do, we make sure that behind that is good content. So, like, one thing, just to kind of, like, a, an actual case of what, what Joe's talking about... So this year, the, we have these wacky speaker intros. Has anyone noticed the crazy speaker intros? And the people in the audience and viewing on the live stream, I don't think that they know. I think they think that Dave and I wrote the intros, so they might think it's silly. The beautiful thing is that the speakers wrote the intros about each other. 
So we assigned <laughs> one awesome. speaker to intro another speaker, and then that person would in turn intro them. For the Angular team, we had the most funny person on the team. <laughs> Oh, had, he's here too. Yeah, Jules looks right at Jeff. We had Jeff write the intros for the Angular team. He is, but looks aren't everything. So we make sure the talks are killer. We make sure the talks are killer, but then we try to just throw some fun around it to make it entertaining because you're in a room for seven hours and it can be tough. Am I right? So you guys did an intro with me and mentioned I worked in a prison. And people I, people thought that was real. wanted to know if that was real. They did. I was getting text messages from people on the Angular team even going, hey, that's really great that you do that. Can you help out my friend? <laughs> I believe that. He looks like he worked in a prison. So thanks, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, but that said, I mean, even the Star Wars party, I mean, there was Star Wars stuff all over the place on, on uh, what, Tuesday, Wednesday? Wednesday. And, and Ward was holding a lightsaber, by the way. I have pictures. I seem Ooh, to have seen a video of Ward Whoa, actually having Naomi a lightsaber duel. On the Angular team with a lightsaber. lightsaber. But, but the thing Says is, you don't is, like is this Star true, Wars. Ward? Is this true? Uh, yeah, I got into a fencing match with Naomi with the yeah. lightsaber. I have video. I, have I don't video. think they call well, it that I can understand. Well, yeah. oh, what are, oh, or whatever in Star Wars. It's not but the thing is, it's like you, you, go, you come to these Dude. events, you go to the after party. It's a Star Wars theme after party. But the great thing is, is you can you can walk in. You know, they had like poker tables and stuff up in here. And if that wasn't your speed, then you could go talk to people, you know, in the little foyer area out there. Or the and, dueling pianos. Yeah. 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 But there, there were so many people, so many great people here that, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, so you could talk to some crazy guy who was wearing a Jedi robe. Or you could talk to, sure. you know. <laughs> who, who is that crazy that's here, though? Seriously. Yeah, who's that crazy? I don't know. Mm. But uh, John, John has the same haircut as that guy. Anyway, um, you know, you could, you could, you could find people. We all have something in common, and there are so many great people here that, yeah, I mean, that welcoming aspect. I think it comes out of the community as much as how the conference is organized. I hope that doesn't hurt anyone's feelings, but you know, it, it really is. We have a terrific community, and then it's, hey, just come and be part of the group. Absolutely. So we talked a little about the sessions and some of our favorite ones, uh, but I think it's really important to note that I think one of the reasons we didn't talk too much about them is a good conference doesn't mean great sessions. I mean, it's nice to have the sessions, but that's not the reason you go. I mean, at least it's not why I go. I can watch them on the internet, watch them on YouTube. It's the camaraderie with the people. It's the conversations we're having, which you can't have unless you're here with these people all the time. And I've learned so much from so many people with feedback they're giving us about how they use Angular, problems they're trying to solve, what they like, what they don't like. That's stuff you just can't get. It's like a 1,400-person focus group. Uh, so to me, that's really valuable to see what people want to do. Yeah, can I tell a story really quick about that? Because I was sitting at lunch, I think it was yesterday, and I was talking to a few people, and somebody mentioned that their biggest problem was their build process. And they mentioned that they have people working on different parts of the front end, and then... No, I think it was at dinner last night. Anyway, so they were saying, you know, there are like 14 different pieces that have to get pulled together as part of their build process. And just sitting there and kind of thinking through a problem that I had never even considered was an issue. I mean, because most of the Angular I've done backs up onto a Rails application, and it's all kind of just part of the same blob. And so you, you get to see that, and it's like, oh, okay. So then they're looking at Webpack or JSPM or System.js or whatever, through a completely different lens than I am. And how do we solve that problem? How do we look at these things? And 
you know, just just hearing how people deal with that, or you know, well, I found testing this particular type of component was really hard. I've heard that a few times, and just just kind of figuring out how people think about this, or hearing people talk about how they plan to use the CLI. It, it's it's all of that stuff. That's the magic here. And if you come here with a problem, there's probably somebody here with a solution. And I've seen this at multiple conferences where I have come to the conference trying to figure something out. I talk to a few people and they all say, well, that guy's the guy you want to talk about or go talk to. And then other people will help me find that particular person because they have the expertise that I need. And you just, yeah, you can't get that anywhere else. So Ward, what did you think of the conference that you just joined us? Well, I loved it, and I loved it for um, all the reasons that you described. There's an enormous number of hallway conversations that go places that you weren't even knowing that you could go. And there's a friendliness to it and an openness to talking and sharing uncertainties that we all have and are uncomfortable sharing that comes right out. There were a number of things that were done at the conference to promote that. The Ask Me Anythings were really cool because people would do it there. But it could be you know, you're standing in line to get a, get a drink of some sort, and you're, you're there in that line, and you, that's an opportunity for us to turn to each other, somebody you don't know, and have your mind blown. I would also say, though, that the sessions were very strong. The, pre- the formal presentations for which we were all gathered together and we all saw it at the same time were very strong. And there was one in particular, maybe you all called it out already, that I, I was deeply moved by, which was Tarot's generative art one. That took me to a different place. It brought computing to the soul somehow. And I admire that one a lot and I hope that one of the things seeing something like that can do is make me think about how I present my own stuff in the future and to try and touch people that talk I think that talk was uh, amazing and that, to kind of go with what John was talking about that's what you get when you come like it's one thing to hear his talk but to come here and meet Taro is like the next level because he's one of the nicest people ever and uh, his talk, I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. And like the Native Scripts team that's here, they went and they modded his repo or whatever, and they've built it as in a native iOS and Android app now using Native Scripts, and they deployed it to the App Store or to the Play Store. So that talk, like in particular, is, is a focus point for a lot of really cool things that happen here. I agree. So I'm curious specifically John and Ward as speakers. One of the things that we did this year, which was, I think, a little bit different, is we kind of gave speakers assignments besides just speaking, right? In addition to speaking, you had to do your AMA kind of Q&A session, which isn't that unusual. But we also had two rooms, a tour of heroes room where people could go and walk through the tutorial on Angular 2, and we had an expert's room as well. And we asked speakers. We actually assigned speakers a couple of hours during, on Faraday that they needed to be in the room and be there for attendees and... I've had conversations with John about how he loves the hallway conversations, and this is almost like you want a hallway conversation. It might happen in the hallway, but if you go to this room, it will happen. So for you guys and the time that you spent in those rooms, what was your impression and experiences there? It was fantastic. And for those who uh, don't quite understand all the details of Joe, if you weren't here, there was a Tour Heroes room which people could come in and work on the Tour Heroes tutorial, and we would help you with four or five people in the room at the time. There was another room that asked me anything. I think people experienced that before in experts' rooms. We also had side sessions, too. 
And those side sessions were packed, which was amazing. I could barely get to the stage when I was five minutes late to getting here because I was trying to run from a tour heroes room to that one when Dan and I were speaking. But to me, it was great. I was exhausted yesterday. I think I did six of those. And by the end of it, I I probably looked it. But it was amazing. I loved all the people I got to speak with. I wish every conference would do that, honestly. That is really cool. I was going to just say I, I, I agree. We need these kinds of opportunities to meet with people and saw, so see them solve problems. And the hallway encounters are great, but this broke some of the barriers to people talking to each other. It was exhausting. Probably as exhausting for them as for us. But it got us. There's no sitting around in the speaker room, which is what happens at a lot of conferences where uh, Thank speakers, you for not having a speaker yeah, room. Thanks for ha- yeah, we don't need a speaker room. Our speaker room is right out there with the, with the people who are coming uh, and attending and having them look us right in the face and say, man, this doesn't make any sense to me. That's, that's gold. That, that's a new wave, too. I've got to say this because I help chair some other conferences. Uh, I don't run them like you guys do, but I help chair them. And I've been trying to bring this idea to them that people here pay to interact with everybody. That's what they're, they're here to interact, not just to hear the session. And when speakers go hide in a room for eight hours and you never see them, you lose that interaction. And the argument I hear back is speakers are like, well, I need the time to prepare. You've had six months. So come here and talk to people. Where else can I meet everybody? So that's something very, I, read, I like a lot. That, your comment kind of brings, brings us back to a point that Joe was talking about that I wanted to come back to anyway. One of the purposes we have, like one of the outcomes we hope for, that we have, because we have multiple, but along the way, Jules mentioned that the, this isn't the Angular Teams conference, but... We try and respect as many of the things that Jules or her team is going to ask for. And one of the things they've asked for is we need a chance to say hi to every attendee. Like every attendee needs to meet at least one of the core team members. And so part of what we do is to try and make it an environment where the Angular team can be available for anyone who wants to to come up. Say hi to them. They need to be approachable, and they've agreed to be there and to welcome anyone who wants to come up and talk to them. And so, part of our goal, like another one of the goals, is to create an environment where anyone who wants to can go chat and like meet Jules for the first time, which I recommend because she's really cool. And ever since she's come on the team, like I've had a lot more fun communicating with the team. So that's another one of our big goals is because that's one of their big goals they've asked us to do a few things but that's one of the more one of the more thing, the things that they're more serious about is we need to meet everyone so so yeah so like, Jules you, have you said hi to everybody yet? hi everybody here want to say hi to Jules count of three <laughs> one two three <laughs> there you go you just solved half the conference <laughs> she was I'm even blushing. nice to me ready for next year <laughs> All right, well, I want to make sure that we're respectful of time, but there is, um, I just wanted to mention Shai's talk, because I, I love every year that uh, there's there's something just to, to laugh at, and it's something that is specific to us, right? We're, we're all insiders, and it's all inside jokes, and it's just, it just adds another flavor to the conference. So last year it was NG Watt, and this year it was uh, the NG Show, which I thought was kind of a fun name there. I mentioned that I did a that when I was here last year um, at NGComp. I didn't work on the Angular team. Never planned to work on the Angular team. I was here just trying to get a vibe for how the developer community had moved since the last time I was a part of it. And in my NGConf trip report, I had a whole paragraph 
on Shai's NG What session. They were all inside jokes to you guys, but the thing that I saw from... I actually cried in the audience last year because it was so funny, and I didn't even know what any of the things meant, right? I never used <laughs> Angular at that point. But the thing that it showed me last year, and like when I had the opportunity to meet Brad and they asked me to join the team, I kind of went back to that moment of sitting in the audience last year and hearing everybody just really come together over these you know, funny things. And, and um, it was an amazing experience for me being external to the team at the time and then to be able to sit in the front row and see the one this year and, and know a lot of what was behind it was really this a great session. So one last thing I kind of want to bring up is there are a lot of talks and they happen really fast. I mean, some of them are like 20 minutes, right? So, you know, you kind of just get that taste of something and then it moves on to something else. And I think sometimes I come to these conferences and I'm like, you know, I'd really like to go get a deep dive. But the flip side of it is, is that I kind of get to see a little bit of everything and then move ahead with that. I, I wonder how deliberate that is, though, with the conference format. When you think about that, are you looking at these topics and going, yeah, that's a 20-minute topic and that's a 45-minute topic? Um, Sometimes. We don't really do 45-minute topics. So before we did NGConf, Joe and Dave and myself had spoken quite a bit at conferences around and, and gone to a lot of conferences as well. Like I know a lot of us in the room have and you get there, and when you have a 60-minute talk or a 45-minute talk, you, the talk actually lasts 30 minutes or 45 minutes when it's a 60-minute talk. And then there's 15 minutes of fluff, so that means you got a 10-minute intro of, of who they are, and you got to sit and listen to John talk about everything he's done, including the prison work and every repo he's ever owned and, and whatevs, right? And then after 10 minutes of a warm-up, he'll actually do some stuff. Wait a minute. You're not going to take away my the 10 minutes of John's time in prison, are you? No, no. So it's and so we were like we're done with that. That's not a talk that's going to happen if we're organizing. These talks will have zero time to intro yourself other than your name and your Twitter handle and then you've got at that point you've got 19 minutes and 40 seconds left to actually get your point across which is not easy. And 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 John's spoken here multiple times. Ward's spoken here multiple times. They know is uh, Katya's spoken here. It's not easy to fit your talk in that time limit. So that's what we're doing. We're challenging the speakers to get to go straight to the point, and there's no fluff. So when it's that intense, though, it has to be a lot of fun as well because yeah. by the end of the day, your brain's like, I, I'm shutting down now, right? Like it's it's over. So yeah. unless you put an electrode in it. You could do that. But it's great because if you come to a conference wanting to learn, like to learn like a 40-hour workshop kind of thing, like a week long, that's not a conference in my mind. Today, I get asked more than any other question at this conference. I've been asked, and it's at every conference, how do you keep up with things? And one of the ways I, I love with this conference that kind of goes with that is because I'm getting so much content information, I'm being inspired to look into some things. Other things I saw, and I'm like, that's cool, but I can't use it right now, but I can file it away for later and know how to get back to it. I come here to be inspired by topics, not to learn every single feature and how it works under the covers. And you guys provide that avenue, and I think that's really valuable. Yep. Now, I know we're up against a time barrier, so we're going to go ahead and just go straight to picks. If you listen to the show, you know what those are. If you don't, it's just one or two things that make our lives better is kind of the way I describe it. So it could be a TV show that makes you laugh, or it can be a, a technical tool that makes work easier. Uh, we'll start down here with Ward, and we'll just work our way down. Okay. 
That's terrible, man. I'm just going to say go watch Taro's talk and think about how you can combine the art and something personal in your life with your technology. My pick is for you and your entire team of people who the NG... You know, I've been working with Sunny and and you guys for a number of months now to try to make sure that this event gets pulled off right, that we have everything. And I don't think the attendees realize how much work this team has put into making sure this conference is great. You show up, the chairs are there, the food is there, you get 1,500 water bottles and Girl Scout cookies dispersed. And, you know, everyone to be where they are is super, super, super hard and takes a lot of coordination. So thank you for all you guys did. pass the sentiments along to Zunny. <laughs> My pick is the shy show <laughs> that was showed. I don't know how many of you saw the live stream, but it was showed during the live stream on the, t- on the TV outside. I was actually in the newsroom watching it on a little computer screen, and it was hilarious, the antics that Shy got up to. So that's my pick, is the Shy show from the newsroom live stream yesterday. I'm going to do kind of the same thing as Jules, having a little bit of inside information as well. I'm going to pick uh, Sunny and her staff. Year one, we asked Sunny to just kind of do some things that we couldn't do because we had day jobs. Year two, Sunny was basically running every aspect that didn't involve us making a decision. And in year three, Sunny is one of our decision makers, right? So she's an amazing entrepreneur, an amazing organizer. The whole Zero Slope events team is just awesome. She's brought on now multiple people that work a lot for her and a lot of people that work a little for her, and she has done a great job picking staff that are amazing. Uh, Every aspect of being an entrepreneur, I admire about what she does, and working with her is a pleasure, and having her on our organizing committee is just invaluable. So that's going to be my pick of sending her staff. I'm really quickly, since I have a moment to shout out, I'm going to pick the sponsors. You know, I think a lot of times we, we think, you know, we come in, they have their booths, and, you know, they, they want us to come talk to them. But honestly, a lot of these companies are out there providing solutions to our problems, and we need to take a minute to go see what they're about. The other thing is, is that the, these conferences can't happen without them. And so the fact that they are generous enough to put some money down, send some people out to meet us and see how they can help us, and then, you know, we, we get to show up essentially at a discount because they're covering some of the cost so that we can have a great event, I just think it's terrific. So Here. I'm going to pick them. Yeah, I'll pick the uh, spot, the uh, organizers again, and for a different reason. Something they do here that's genius that I'm not sure everybody in the live stream can see is in between sessions, there's like three minutes, sometimes five or six, and technical difficulties or a speaker not getting up there, like me. And one thing they do is they give away these prizes. And the prizes are either one of two categories that I've seen. They're either something really cool or something so bizarre I have no idea where they found it. Like a Vajetti? A Vajetti. <laughs> What? This is a clean show. A vegetables pasta maker? Yeah, vegetable spaghetti. Vegetti. But it keeps people... It's genius because it keeps people in their seats in between the sessions. And people don't leave. The whole day they're in this room and they're paying attention. And it's fantastic. The problem is they can't say anyone's name unless it's Dave. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was weird how many Daves there were. Uh, we actually have a competition going right now. Make sure to tweet NG Dave with your guess on how many days we had. My pick is uh, karaoke. 
this was it was insane. Like, I don't know what karaoke lights usually like because that was my first time, but. It was absolutely insane, dude. The last few songs, the whole room. Is that normal? The whole room sings it? No. Okay. Kind of so Bohemian Rhapsody and then Closing Time comes, and it was it was insane. <laughs> and, the, and like half of us were completely sober. That was, that was the silliest part was like we had no excuse. We were just insane. So, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody number was my favorite. That was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you to our live audience. Wow, there are a lot of people in here today. If you're interested in the podcast, uh, you can find it at adventuresinangular.com. And we're on iTunes and Google Play Store now. They just opened that up for podcasts. Nice. And uh, Stitcher and wherever else you get podcasts from. So just a big thank you to the conference attendees, to the listeners, and to our panel. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today. 